This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Melro 210, a sideshow of the We Hate Movies podcast, reminding you to remain indoors because we're still quarantining here. We're quarantining with a bunch of hot and sexy people as we are not hot and sexy people. I'm here with not sexy people, Andrew Jupin, Chris Cabin, and Eric Siska. Hello. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, of and also... But- Mel Rowe is here. This dude named Mel Rowe, who's like, "Hey, you yeah, talking about Mel me? Rowe?" <laughs> that would be great if he came out at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's not Mister Whatever. It's Mel Rowe. I and this is my place. Yeah, Mel yeah. Rowe's place. <laughs> I own the street. That's uh, I bought it from the government because my name is Mel Rose, and I thought it was pretty catchy. If you ask me, it works beautifully with the ladies. <laughs> Beautifully. <laughs> I just love the notion of this fucking pig bought a whole street for some reason from the government. <laughs> yes, we have good deals with Mel Rowe. He's an old friend of mine. We're letting these streets go for a song, folks. He's a close friend of my other good friend, the, the My Pillow guy. <laughs> dude. Oh, dude, what in the fuck is wrong with the world that guy is around now? I'm oh, coming man. down to Melrose Place to judge all your bikinis. Keep barbecuing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jane, you're still you're still just in a pool by yourself, huh? Eh, eh. <laughs> oh my god. Where, where are you, 19? Get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too old, get out. Get out, you old bag. Yeah, put that wedding ring away. Uh we opened here in a weird like Nexus place. This is Lost and Found, uh original air date, July twenty second, the year of our Lord, nineteen ninety-two. Oh um, yeah. And we are sort of looking for Nikki the Nose a little bit here. Anybody else get that vibe? <laughs> Dude, yes. yeah, I was like, is this a dream sequence? Are we on the holodeck? What the fuck is going on with this horse it's shit? Terrible. I got some I got some Technoir vibes yeah. uh from Terminator. Oh, oh, definitely. I could see that. And it's and we see Billy and he's all greased up. He's missing a duster. He should have a duster in this outfit. That I think would solidify Chris Cabin's notion of technoir. <laughs> Yeah, but need- he does have the the Kyle Reese five o'clock shadow. Hey, come with me if you want to live already, Clara Connor. Do you want to go on a date with me or what? I need your duster. I need your greasy hair. And I need your wait. You don't have a car. Oh no, your taxi. I also need your garbage writing style. Your son will uh, will lead the resistance, and he will liberate us from the machines. It's a C-800 outfit of a killing machine. That'd be funny. If, if he was in the Sarah Connor role, I would be rooting for that creepy fucking psychiatrist to shoot him full of shit. You're dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this, this A plot of Billy writing a screenplay. Man, this Fuck. is just like, you are wishing for this dude to fail and to quote Jerry Seinfeld, be spit out of the back of the porn industry. The weird thing about this show is somebody, you know, Aaron Spelling and Darren Starr, whomever was like, okay, we need, we want a, a bunch of sexy 20-somethings going through their sexy problems. But for some reason, we're going to anchor it with these two unlikable people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would rather watch everybody else. Like, at, at some point, Matt is like, hey, I'm going to go to some crazy gay party. I know I can't say I'm gay, but that's obviously what we're doing. I'm like, let's go to that fucking party. Let's see what's going on. Dude, Absolutely. you know what, though? I was I was pretty nervous for Matt because, like, that whole scene, and we'll get to it later, but, like, that whole exchange that he has with Allison, he's like, I'm going to go to this party. It's going to be fucking crazy, Allison. You have no idea how fucking crazy this crazy, like, David Lynchian Hollywood Hills party is going to be. Then they cut, they, like, pull back a little bit, and there's this, like, wide shot where you can see both of them, 
He's wearing like the most disgusting beat up Nike sneakers I've ever. And I was like, dude, you can't go to that party with those <laughs> shoes on. You can wear all the fun fucking T-shirts you want, Matt. Well, but that makes no sense. Andrew, you can't judge him until you walked a mile in those. <laughs> dude, they, they look like fucking Forrest Gump's trainers, man. <laughs> Maybe they are. He was. He's a, he's a co-current celebrity. Oh, wait, no. 94 is when Forrest Gump comes out. Right? Oh, right. But he so was already probably... jogging across the nation before they yeah, made yeah, a yeah. movie about him. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we open and, like, there's... Michael is cleaning the pool, obviously, and he's about to go to work. And Jane is like, will somebody please fuck me? Yeah. Well, this is... Who's going to do it? <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's her, I can't believe three weeks in a row it's the same fucking plot. When is Jane going to get fucked? Matt, that's, I'll pay you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, this, this is, is to establish that like marriage is inherently a loveless connection, and it just doesn't work. So you should be, you should stay a sexy single twenty-something at Mel Rose's place. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm sorry that we. Lo- it's confirmed again. I think we confirmed it with an like. I think Allison is also supposed to be twenty-three, but it's confirmed in this episode that Jane is twenty-three. Yes, and it's like, dude. You're 23 years old. You just moved to Los Angeles, you know, one of the sexiest cities of all time, and you're fucking married to this idiot that you never see. What are you doing? You got the steps all out of order. I think the central thesis of the show is A-B-F-A. Always be fucking around. Absolutely. Like every in any way you can. Just be fucking around. Maybe flirting is better, but flirting around. But no, I think it's mostly fucking around. But Steve, you're totally right, though, because what I've started doing both with this show and with our 90210 watching, I break my notes up into the plots. So like I have a plot is Billy in this fucking script or whatever. The C plot, which we'll get to, is Jake desperately needs to dump Kelly Taylor. But the B plot is the same B plot of Jane wanting to fuck her husband <laughs> and it just not working well, out. I, I like the notion of they're going to recreate the, their first night when they move to Los Angeles. They're going to get Pink's hot dogs and then they're yeah. going to, well, how she puts it and the way she words it is what makes this scene magical is, wa- <laughs> is they're going to watch a video of Ghost. <laughs> and on, for a second, it took me to like a second to put it together. Oh, they mean the film. They're going to watch the movie Ghost, not just a video of a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to watch some fucking haunted house footage that I shot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm so scared. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. Don't you remember the first time we had sex and we watched a, a, a videotape of my first cat who got run over named Ghost <laughs> right before we had Sweet Sweet Love? Actually, though, it could go down with some serious fucking role playing, though, dude, because Jane definitely has Demi Moore's haircut from Ghost. Yeah, no excellent point. I was going it. there too. Definitely, he could no be either Patrick Swayze it. or and he's more of a Tony Goldwyn vibe. Oh, I guess. No. oh, absolutely, he's more of a Tony Goldwyn. I can't wait to see his sharded glass uh, rip some, through Michael. Some clay play. <laughs> oh yeah, and, definitely clay play, man. And if you paid Billy, I bet you he'd sing for you while you play with clay. Oh my love, my darling. See, Allison, it's so easy to make it in Hollywood. I can't wait to be a super celebrity. One last thing on this before we go back to fucking Billy and his horse shit is they do. She's like, yeah, it'll be great. And he he agrees. And obviously he's, he's going to fail at that. That's how the, all these stories go. It's like, I'll get out at seven. We'll go, blah, blah. They do make it very specific chili dogs with extra chili so we're having chili fart sex a little later yes. is the idea Dude, it could be straight up scat play you never know <laughs> oh, well that, that you could you could probably handle it with your digestion back in the day at this point in your relationship no 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 you're farting the whole time <laughs> oh absolutely dude they're letting him fly uh and they both definitely have like stress ulcers you're dead willie <laughs> oh yeah i'm getting ready Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> I'm rock hard. <laughs> also, just really quickly on the Billy thing or on the uh, Michael thing, again, exemplifying his terrible job at being the super. Yeah, he's trying to clean this 
pool while his wife is like molesting him like come on don't you want to fuck me and he's like you know what maybe i'll stop cleaning this pool and he literally throws the skimmer into the water and i'm like dude jake is unemployed (laughs) (laughs) there's in and not there's nothing but hair in there man all these fucking people their enormous big 90s hair is getting clogged in that fucking drain and big 90s not maintaining our pubes as well as we should be Yeah. Some of these people, some of these people got sweater chests. I don't uh, know. It could oh, be definitely. floating anywhere. So yeah, Billy uh, wakes up. For, he's like, we we realize he's writing this screenplay. Like, and he's like, I don't think this fucking ape has ever seen a keyboard. He's like, one key in it each time. Oh, dude, I love that. He's like my fucking grandfather typing something. <laughs> and Allison, also working in the kitchen. Yeah, and Allison's like, why aren't you at work? You were supposed to pick up your taxi like two hours ago. So. I, I I can't stand it. Get the fucking work, Billy. <laughs> well, that and that's the thing, dude. That's this like insane, you know, delirium that he has right now, where it's like I don't need the cab job anymore that I've had for one week, Allison, mm-hmm. uh, because this is a guaranteed hot seller script. I'm gonna be making deals left and right. Like he's certifiable. Allison, do you know that the screenplays are selling for a million dollars a pop these days? <laughs> Dispatchers and disbelievers. I'm just yeah. Really- I read that the Batman Returns script was really expensive, so my fucking horseshit gumshoe nonsense <laughs> will be doubled that as much. He goes to Allison's office again, just pestering this woman at work, and he's like, "Got the fucking thing printed out." He's like, "Hey, Allison, here's the script for my screenplay, The Big Shock." You know, it's great. I can see the advertising like now. The Big Shock is. Oh, big shock. Do you get it? Is this going to be a thing where he's going to have like a new job every episode? Like in a week, it's going to be like, <laughs> Allison, the president is in town and they hired me to be security. Dude, he's like Homer Simpson. <laughs> exactly. Allison, uh, the mayor is opening up legalized gambling. I'm going to work at a casino. <laughs> uh, Allison, I I accidentally went to Japan and now uh, I lost my, uh, my ticket and I'm gutting fish. <laughs> to uh, get my money back, call me back. Oh man, a voicemail, <laughs> or I should say, answering machine message. Answering machine. Me. My God, my God. So she like, makes the craziest demand right here. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, this so is, it's so so. One, you are bothering this woman at work. Two, you bring your screenplay. Thanks. I don't want to read it. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, so Allison, I need this. I need notes by tonight. I need all this constructive criticism by tonight because I'm going out in the morning and dropping this off at the office of every agent in town. Yeah, again, okay, scum fuck. You don't know how things work. And it's a first draft, dude. Fucking spend more than a few hours on this. Exactly. It's so, and she's like, tonight? Like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, I'm working, dude. And he's like, don't worry, Allison. When I'm a big, successful screenwriter, you won't need this job anyway. I can take care of the both of us. I'm going to be a screenwriter. <laughs> but the thing is, too, is, like, we've all worked. And, I mean, like, this is kind of where this episode goes. Is like, we've all, like, done worked on stuff and, like, screenplays and sketches and blah, blah, blah and all sorts of stuff. And you always kind of ask people for feedback. It's usually an email. It's usually like, hey, man, when you have the time. Yep. With an open-ended, I probably will never hear notes on this. Exactly. Like, Come on, Alfred, where's my fucking feedback? <laughs> you know, Allison, uh, Patty Tyeski once said, uh, editing is for suckers. <laughs> suckers. <laughs> I, I do not think that uh, Billy knows who Patty Tyeski is. I'm just okay, going to say it. Sorry. No, I mean, they keep... Well, because the other thing is, Allison is like... Because he... <laughs> When she walks into the kitchen initially, he's like, there, the two greatest words of the English language, the end. And she's like, she's like, wait, what are you what are you talking about? I thought you were like writing books and stuff. He's like, oh, forget that, Allison. I just discovered this new thing called movies. <laughs> but she like keeps calling him Norman Mailer. Like that's the go to like author that he recognizes. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Nobody um, liked Norman Mailer's movies until like years after they came out. <laughs> well, no well, one's gonna like the about? big shock, dude. Well, of course. Um, yeah. Well, and he's like, "Oh man, and it's got all the stuff that people are looking for these days." I'm like, "Nobody wants bullshit noir. Nobody's ever wanted it. Not and in it, 1992. Not like this. Not like this." Be- I just thought Angel Heart, Allison. <laughs> I mean, Lewis Seifert's genius. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric, I cut you off. No, I mean, like, I guess we're, we were just going through these 
parts like piecemeal later on in this when allison tells him about what she hated about it <laughs> and there's talk of there 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 was a there's a transsexual ex-nun is the killer and it's like so this this show now has done this twice yeah I mean, yes. yeah. no, the, 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 the transsexuality being a punchline for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Which I guess it's more of a, what do you call it there? A crying game joke question yes. mark? I yeah, I guess so. What? Because crying game was what, 90? Maybe? Yeah. That was a big joke for a long time, Chris. See I mean, Ace Ventura. I mean, unless you're <laughs> selling this script to Abel Ferrara, I don't know how. <laughs> You think this is going to sell? Well, because I mean, I, you know, the whole thing about this transsexual ex nun aside, like that's a surprise in the script because when he's describing it, one, the fantasy part of it mm-hmm. looks like your average like garbage gumshoe noir thing, but then he's talking about like, oh, did you like the part where the hero jumps out of the window and blasts two guys before he lands in the pool? And I'm like, this is again, funny enough, this is like a script that Homer Simpson would write. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like you wrote a shitty McBain type thing. It feels like the oh, one I the, the studio messed with my story. Now it's Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> now he's talking out of his butt. Ugh, Allison. Oh wait a minute, that movie was super successful and now bloated. Whatever. The only thing they kept Allison was that my, both screenplays, mine and theirs, were super destructive of packages. It's, <laughs> <laughs> my detective started out as a UPS driver. <laughs> The thrust of this storyline is, oh, my God, Billy's script sucks. Do I have to tell him? And right. the answer is absolutely not. No. The no. answer is absolutely not. And thanks for nothing, Matt, as you desperately try to be a part of this show in some fashion <laughs> with your fucking creepy, untold, mysterious party and your terrible sneakers. You, you know Dude, what? he's like, you got to fucking tell him. And I'm like, no, Matt, horrendous advice. No. Yeah, it's it's terrible advice. And you know what this really is exactly like? Is the adaptation brother. Yes. Uh, And his script that they're like, oh, he's like, it's god awful. He's like, no, it will sell. This thing will absolutely sell. Whatever this garbage is, absolutely, they'll they'll buy it. Just for the title, The Big Shock. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not saying Matt is saying that. No, 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 not Matt. Like, Matt is like, I, I don't blame him at all. for This is all Allison to me. 100% 100% Alice. Oh, it's great. You know, maybe I would make this scene a little bit more clear. Bye. I never want to talk to you about this again. Please send it to every agent and ruin your life. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> she know, like she knows it's going to be terrible, right? So, like, here's the thing. It's win-win for her if she lies because she lets him down easy and then he gets rejected by the actual professionals like is going to happen and that's fine. Or the impossible scenario, which is also fine for her, is that she says that she likes it. Then it turns out he sells it, and it is a big hit, so she can act like she was right the whole time anyway. Yeah, win-win. And and you don't have to have this awkward conversation where you're hurting someone's feelings. Like, never, ever tell anybody what you really think, period. <laughs> period. But Matt's advice is like, all right, you know what? Why don't you make him dinner to soften the blow? And so she makes, like, a tuna casserole. <laughs> yeah. And, and I see what they're eating as, like, this prop tuna casserole, and I don't know, man. <laughs> don't look like no tuna casserole I've ever seen. Looks like canned clam chowder. Yes, it definitely did. Ugh. She just dumped canned clam chowder on spaghetti. Progressive. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, a, of course, the exchange that Billy never wants to have happen happens is he's like, what did you hate about it? And she goes, everything. Yeah. But because- then his fucking kickback that was hilarious. Well, you have no taste. Just like your lousy casserole. <laughs> You fucking piece of shit, Billy. I hate you. <laughs> so she, uh, he storms out, obviously. Like, well, fucking forget it. And he he runs off to shooters. And what does he uh, drink there, dude? He drinks a fucking Coca-Cola and eats a candy bar. I hate God. this guy. Dude, this fucking little man child. He's the absolute worst. And he's like, oh, sugar all kills all wounds, Allison. I guess I'm not so great at screenplays after all. But I am pretty good at acting like a real-life Kathy cartoon. Here's some <laughs> more sugar. Ah! Could you get me a whatchamacallit? <laughs> Uh, and she consoles him and she's like you know you're just you're gonna make it buddy that was just your first screenplay you know everything's gonna be great and with that he burns his screenplay at the end of the the episode pretty dramatic i love this man he's out he's got the fucking script on the grill it's the old-fashioned tinseltown cookout i call it (laughs) it's great 
I love seeing burning this creation. Yeah, I love seeing paper burn. <laughs> page by page. But the thing about that, though, I was thinking about it. It's like, okay, I get it, dude. Like, maybe it's a little cathartic. You're like, got this one thing out of my system. Let's just keep writing. He's taking Allison's advice and everything. But at the same time, everyone else in the complex has to be like, is that paper burning? What's going on? Is there a fire outside? There's an acrid smell coming into my house right now. It's what the fuck the, is happening? the middle of the night. It's like, dude, it's fucking two in the morning. I got work tomorrow and you're fucking burning garbage on my doorstep? <laughs> exactly. Did you clear this with our landlord, Mel Rose? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You burn garbage at all hours at Mel Rose's place. Hey, uh, burn my wife's uh, birth certificate. Don't ask. <laughs> Look, I'm going to burn stuff out here. You can burn stuff out here. No, neither the twain shall meet. We do not talk to each other about it. <laughs> it's like being at a urinal. You look your way, I'll look mine. <laughs> The burning thing. It might, it, it might be paper. It might be a body. Who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. I ran out of things to burn this month. So you kids are going to have to collect some garbage that I need to burn. <laughs> I'm, I just want to burn some garbage. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, so yes, that's the that's the the a plot, b plot. Uh, yeah, Jane and Michael's L.A. you know move anniversary slash to make up for Michael having to work like a doctor. Uh, Jane decides to go out with Rhonda. They go hunting at well, shooters. Well, she winds up. He he calls her. He's like, obviously, I'm on call. I can't get out. Blah blah yeah. blah. She's disappointed. Uh, and then she goes to Michael's work with these fucking hot dogs and chili, and she's. You know, they're going to do something in the closet, but he's like, I'm sorry. I'm literally doctoring right now. Yeah, I am on call, man. Like, I am sorry. This is just the nature of being a fucking doctor. Not for nothing. A doctor who's like, you know, the low person on the pole, you know, like he just started working there. So, like, yeah, you might get some shitty shifts or whatever. Like, this is the life. Mm -mm -mm. But I think he also has a nurse a couple rooms over that is waiting for him. I mean, that oh, is yet is to be true? revealed, Chris Cabin, with all these. But you're right, because we suspected this last week with all his late night getting home at 3 a.m. from shifts and things. Yeah, so. I, mm. I think it started already. We're going to get the reveal eventually, but I think it's been happening for Chris, a while. Do, do you think it's the head nurse? <laughs> Come on. <Hey> <laughs> You are correct, sir. <laughs> Oral sex from nurses. Very good. Very good. Eric, are you going to talk about Dr. Vinnie Boom Bots next? Yeah. <laughs> I also, love... uh, mother-in-laws, you hear about them? <laughs> <laughs> you hear about the uh, COVID virus that uh, keeps your mother-in-law at Because <laughs> she's highly susceptible. <laughs> oh, let me just swing a golf club here. <laughs> there is, I mean... <laughs> There's a great thing though. I love this moment where she comes in with the food and it's like three candles are lit, like three one candle for every month we've been in LA, she says. And there's like three other doctors in this break room, and this guy's like, uh, hey other doctors, let's get doctoring because this doctor is gonna fuck this sexy lady in our break room. <laughs> like they're acting like they all yeah. totally get it. It is the funniest thing. Like, all right, clear up ramblers, let's get rambling. Up, up. Chili dogs, coffee, you're definitely gonna gonna shit your brains out. You're gonna fuck. <laughs> you're fucking tonight. So she goes back to Melrose place and is like just goes in the pool wearing this insane bathing suit, this purple and whatever thing is crazy looking. But um, this is when we're still figuring out who the fuck Sandy is. And the answer is the answer is nothing because she gets cut after this season. But she's like, I guess I'm sort of evil or something. Why don't you go out and get fucked, Jane? You won't get fucked, don't you, Jane? Part of me was like, is she hitting on Jane? Yes, exactly. She's like, you should come to shoot us and see what happens. I'm working tonight, y'all. I'm very happy this character gets cut, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that till now, but I'm very happy. Yeah, she don't make it past this season, which is fine by me. But you still got 20 more hours with her, Eric. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she's like, okay, I guess I will. And she goes, and yeah, it's her and Rhonda. Rhonda's a character. Hooray. Uh, yeah, we, we get some Rhonda in this episode. There's a great, like, on-the-town montage. Yes. Which I'm just, I'm loving all this fucking L.A. B-roll locked in my house. I got to tell you. I want to go to Shooter's really really badly so fucking badly dude i just need to be in a bar it just like it's big there's like a bunch of people there there's music there's it's like hunky dudes like alex and peter 
Alex Wait. and Peter. Alex, uh, Peter, who's dressed like a fucking uh, vampire, a lost boy in this episode. <laughs> is this the dude with that the longer had, hair? Yeah, this guy, he's got fucking Michael Landon's haircut, man. <laughs> he looks like Joaquin Phoenix with the head of hair of Michael Landon. <laughs> and we also get um, her, her uh, the guy, who, and Peter's going after Jane, but this other guy, Alex, is going after Rondo, who's played by Nestor Car- Carbonell, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and also this guy. I mean, we're talking 1992. This guy has not aged a day. No. It's kind of fucking crazy. He it, was. Lo- he looks exactly like he does in, uh, did in 1992 to this day. Yep. The Gotham mayor, he looks like it's the same <laughs> yep. thing. There is, um, but the weird thing about shooters, though, that I realized in this episode is, I and I think maybe it's just like a set design thing or something's not matching just right yet. Or, I mean, it could just be a thing within the show that shooters has a real identity problem because the shot at the end of the episode when Allison goes in to find Billy, we get like a nice wide shot of the exterior of shooters and like this front door, and it looks like. It's supposed to be a fucking like Grecian garden kind of place. And like it opens into a big lobby. Like you see, I don't think it's actually Courtney Thorne Smith, but it's like an actress that's supposed to be here, like going in. But then when you get in, it's like, okay, well, it's sort of nice. But then there's also like the grungy pool table area. It looks like this, the bar from From Dust Till Dawn quite a bit. Really? I, don't, I guess to me, it's just so big and like, the, the levels the to it. Twister? And shit. Yeah, it looks a bit like the titty twister, I think. (laughs) Wow, I would not have guessed the titty twister. I'll have to go back the next time we're at Shooters. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like a fancy Italian restaurant that just happens to have two fucking pool tables in the middle of it. (laughs) That's that's what I'm thinking, Kevin. It definitely, it feels like it's a restaurant that also has a bar, but the characters on this show are using it exclusively as a bar. Well, the thing is, this this location was probably used like a thousand times in every other movie and TV yes. show as a different thing. Right. Well, I mean, the interior, I'm pretty sure, is just a set. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. It, it, but it's it, just it, a Frankenstein. Of Grisham. John Grisham? It stinks of John Grisham adaptations. I mean, the the inner look of this place, like where you would need to be like, oh, you know that case that's going to get me killed? Oh, yeah, the case is going to get you killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is a place where lawyers have gone to talk about stuff over like a bread basket. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sandy again goes up to Jane. like She's like, oh, you think you're hot shit, but no one's going to hit on you because you got your wedding ring on. Better take that off, love. Bye. Okay, you weirdo. (laughs) like i'm just here having a drink like yeah it'd be cool to get hit on you know no i still got it a she you know she would be anyway whatever but like it's very weird that she like gets tempted by sandy and takes her ring off it's very odd hey y'all i'm like the melrose place woody woodpecker i'm just a little (laughs) instigator y'all i'm causing all sorts of trouble child What's the problem, Jane? You don't like the Roger Daltrey type? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that? Oh, 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 uh, Jake, you want to get rid of that Kelly, huh? You better kill her. <laughs> no one will ever know, Jake. I wish. I got a big old trunk in the back of my car. You know, uh, everybody knows Jake ain't even your real name. You could disappear. Come on, you can do it. Just give it a shot, Bartholomew. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, yeah, uh, they, they they start flirting with these two guys, Rhonda and Jane do. And, like, Ron, Jane is, like, you know, she's she's into this dude, but it's, like, obviously just for the attention, you know, blah, blah, blah. Michael's been away for so far. It's, it's right. nice to know that she's still got it, et cetera. She does take her wedding ring off. And, I mean, this is a huge mistake. Like, if you're taking your ring off, don't put in this fucking... Uh, 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 a cloak-like ca- coat that, like, barely has pockets. You know it's going to fall right out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're doing there. Let's just, like, take it and put it on another finger, and then it's just a ring that you're wearing. Exactly. Or put it in your bag, maybe put it in Rhonda's bag. Like, just put it someplace it's not going to obviously fall out, which it does. Right. And, and then she, so... Oh, sorry, you go. Uh, so they learn that, like, you know, these two dudes are in a band, and at least, I have to say, unlike fucking Billy, that delusional idiot, these two dudes are like, because they're like, oh, where can we hear your stuff? You know, where do you play or whatever? And they're like... We have no fans. We just started to get together. You know, we practice a lot, but that's about it. And I was like, 
well done, gentlemen. An honest answer about the status of your creative uh, outlet. Well done. Oh, and so if you have a hobby. Okay. <laughs> Not a band so much as a hobby. Okay. And Rhonda is fucking sex hunting tonight. She's like, oh, yeah? Where can I get you guns and roses? And like, she's like all over this dude, man. It's pretty, it's a lot. She is hot for Nestor Carbonell. And it's like, yeah, wouldn't you be? Well, yeah, look at that jawline. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those fucking eyelashes do to you insane. My goodness. Um, I, yeah, so here's the thing, though. Rhonda uh, and Jane never follow two strange musicians to a second location. Absolutely not. It's Stay at the thing. home base. Shooters is home base. Shooters is safe. Oh, yeah, it, but it, this club we're going to go to, the bouncer is the drummer in our band, and he will help me bury your body at the end of the night <laughs> and he'll say he never saw you they go to a blade-esque nightclub by the way this place is fucking weird this is here's my question about this place though because there's a couple of levels to this place um so we see some like carpeting at one point that sort of looks like shit you'd see it like oh. rock rock and bowl or something <laughs> but the other thing like when they cut to this club the first thing you see is like jane and this other dude what's his name peter yes they're dancing and like it's it's kind of getting a little close and she's like uh uh-uh, uh you know six inches for the lord i'm gonna go sit down but you get a look at this fucking dance floor though it is clearly the floor of a gymnasium <laughs> yeah. you can see like the wood boards like on the floor it's like what are we doing location scout welcome to pe the greatest the greatest nightclub in la <laughs> i mean seriously it's like that bill Hader gag on snl <laughs> the hottest club in los angeles right now is pe it's made from an actual gymnasium where you can go in and have a fat man blow a whistle in your ear for 45 minutes yeah actually uh, we got the plans it's a pretty tragic story we got the plans for this nightclub from this kid who accidentally shot himself in Beverly Hills. <laughs> he liked to imagine nightclubs that he had never been to before, and he just loved imagining them, and we're doing this in tribute. This is oh, yeah. in tribute to, in it, tribute it to him. It make total sense, because he was imagining nightclubs while he was in high school, like hanging around the high school gymnasium. That makes sense, for sure. <laughs> and, and I think the timeline kind of matches up, because Steve, doesn't Scott ax himself in season three of Beverly Hills In season two, actually, so there's plenty oh, of time. Two? Oh, even better yeah he's not long for this world ladies and gentlemen and <laughs> uh yeah there's the scott uh memorial toilet you could go to in oh there yeah you could piss right in that dude's face <laughs> uh, yeah you could see uh scott's uh we got we got a big old uh picture of him right near the condom machine uh <laughs> it's on yeah it's on the stall wall there's a picture of him someone drilled a hole and made his mouth a glory hole <laughs> oh, come on but <laughs> First day, by the way. First day that happened. I don't know how. (laughs) We weren't even open for business yet, and that was just there. They, uh, what do you call it? So um, they're hitting it off. They're dancing. And then she goes back to the, the table, and obviously Peter starts putting the real moves on her. And she's like, hey, man. And he's like, what? You said you didn't have a boyfriend. She's like, well, actually, I'm married. And she goes to get her wedding ring. Uh-oh, it's gone. And now cut to her like on the floor at this place, like all over the carpeting looking for. I mean, also like disgusting. it's a night. It's gone. It is gone. Because it's, it's gone. It's You disgusting. can't see anything. You can't hear anything. You're never going to find it. They do this whole scene from the floor, yes. which is hilarious. Like she's on her hands and knees looking for this thing. And this dude, Peter's like. Hey man, like not for nothing. Like I get it when I asked you had a boyfriend and you said technically no, but a husband is something, you know, you probably should have told me about. Uh this is just all horribly awkward. Also, I'm not particularly helping uh look, <laughs> yeah, look for this my ring. Problem. <laughs> so she winds up going home really dejected and cuz she never finds it and like um there's Rhonda this- making out hardcore with Nestor Carbonell. Absolutely. At, man. at the good nights right here. And so she goes back home. Michael is there. He's a little worried. He's been drinking, apparently. Dude, funniest shot in the fucking episode, Steve, is like she walks in and it's like she can hear some music. The apartment's completely dark. And then she looks down and the camera tilts down to follow her her you know line of sight. And it's just this fucking bottle of booze and like a half drank glass on the table. Ooh. Yeah, it's a where where were you? And then they fuck. It's like kind of you know he's like I was worried about you know she. It, first of all, she got the result she wanted. You know, she uh, did. Yeah, she did. And and to the T because there is a romantic plate of chili hot dogs <laughs> that gets a beautiful shot 
right before he inserts himself. Yeah. <laughs> All those on. candles everywhere. So many candles surrounding these chili hot dogs, keeping them warm. <laughs> Keeping well, no, it warm. Also, dude, possibly what it would look like if you ever had a funeral for a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> the needs of the wieners outweigh the needs of the few. Dude, he just goes. We are gathered here today. <laughs> we are mourning Mr. Oscar Mayer. Oh, man, that was a tasty funeral. Although he was a hot dog, I never met someone more human. <laughs> <laughs> he always wanted me just to call him Nathan. He didn't want me to go with last names. He just, we had a connection and his name was Nathan. And now we'll have a reading from the Torah because as you know, he was a Hebrew national. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Uh, But also all of those candles, dude, that chili dog, you fucking fart. It's going up like goddamn, I don't even know what. Like someone who had a a, a real gas leak fire explosion. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that comes later on Melrose It'll Place. It'll explode like the house. And from what what about Bob, man? It'll go right up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he does have the line. It just seems like it's been forever. It's like, yeah, dude, that's your fault. Yeah, I mean, but you're busy. Like, I get it. Also, but also, here's the other thing. <sighs> the problem here is that at the beginning of the episode, she's like ready to go. Mm. And he's like, oh, okay, fair enough. And he gets into it. And then she's like, whoa, 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 save some of that for tonight. And I'm like, Jane, we have been down this road since the pilot. (laughs) You're doing this. You're putting it off. You're kicking the fucking down the road. And then he's going to have to work. You know he's going to have to work. He's free now. Why don't you get it all now? Yes, absolutely. And um, uh, they do fuck. And she's like, about to tell him that she lost the ring. By the way, we find out the ring was uh, an heirloom from Sicily. Uh, the mafia was involved. It was very scary. <laughs> oh no, Michael's Michael's ancestors are going to cut my fucking head off. I lost this <laughs> ring. They could just sense it's missing. It was Apollonia's. She was wearing it in the car when it blew up. Uh, Made its way to America. <laughs> with only Kate, uh, whatever her name was, yeah. had it for a while. That ring only had $10 in its pocket when it got to america <laughs> and look at it today you have to understand in our country as a ring things worked a little differently yeah um, the, the ring first came over when it got to ellis island it had tuberculosis so the, <laughs> the ring had to be in quarantine for a few days on ellis island uh so um right when she's about to tell him sandy shows up because in another scene that we'll get to in a minute with the jake story she finds the ring and is like, hey, I'm sorry, y'all. Here's your ring. And then, like, Michael's like, your ring? You lost it? And he's, she's like, oh, no, uh, she lost it in the uh, the laundry room. Yeah, it had bleach all over it or something. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I guess I'm a pretty nice gal after all. Or am I not? Who knows? We'll never find out. <laughs> I think she's nice. Yeah, she's What? <laughs> Mostly, lady, I think she's That nice. lady is scum. <laughs> Sandy? Yeah, that's the southern one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's always, she's meddling, you know? <laughs> she, she is sticking it where it don't belong. Sure. Thank you. Yes. Um, so then this brings us to the Jake storyline, the th- third and final, I believe, appearance of this contractually obligated crossover between Beverly Hills 9020 and Melrose Place, and it is the weakest of the bunch because it's just Kelly, Steve, and... Uh, uh, um, David, David at the Gap of all places, it looks like, and, and this is, I mean, I and I don't know, Steve. I guess maybe like in the nineties, like the Gap had a little more cachet than it does now. But I was like, would Kelly Taylor shop at the Gap? It seems so basic. It does. Well, I mean, I guess at the same time though, if you think about those like nineties, um, I mean, I remember the Gap being like a really kind of almost a high end item, especially right. back then, and like. You think about those Gap sketches on 902 and, or on SNL. SNL. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah the Gap It was girls. like a phenomenon back then. It back, but back then, everyone used to like shop at the tractor store and shit. <laughs> tractor <laughs> supply or whatever. That's a so really that's good like, point, Eric. Whoa, a clothing place. It was a big thing. <laughs> Casual <laughs> denim? Different colors of denim? <laughs> Wait a second. This comes in carpenter and regular? <laughs> uh, we've also o- opened a tractor store kids. And uh, a tractor <laughs> store uh, boutique. Tractor store baby. <laughs> Old sale tractor store. Tractor store active. Um, that's... <laughs> 
Um, what, what, I love how Jake's storyline starts, though. He and Sandy are doing laundry. That's right. In the basement. And he is flat out being like, dude, I know you're like the Woody Woodpecker of this apartment complex, but I'm telling you right now, I did not. Uh, commit statutory rape with this high school student. I promise Yet, you by the way, but she's coming over tonight, so I'm washing my sheets. Yeah, hello. Right. Yeah, it's like, dude, I get it. Like, but you got to be a little more firm when you're talking with others about this that you plan on telling her that it's a no go because she's a little girl. You know, I'm I'm taking her to the grocery store for a date. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can't dude, take her to a bar or or, uh, or anything. I just I'll take her to the grocery store. I do love, I mean, just to finish the gap scene, it's just like, oh, it's just Stephen David being like, I don't know about this, Jake. And it's like, fucking, we've got this already. We re- like, we are on fucking fumes here. It's so useless. Uh, the one thing, though, to point out, because it's pretty glorious and it makes me excited to eventually, you know, quarantine show or no, get to season three of 90210 because the Steve Sanders mullet has returned in full force. Holy mackerel. It is it's- just... It's glorious. It reminds me very much if you've ever read um, 90s Superman when he has a mullet. I mean, it's brown versus blonde, but it's curly and long, very much like this. They gave Superman the duck's ass? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's got a, he's got a full-on mullet for like, you know, four or five years. It was a long time for that mullet. Oh, yikes. That's horrendous. No fucking superhero can save the world with a mullet. Can I tell you something? Since we did the 90210, very, like just the last week where David... David's father, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Kelly's mother wants to meet David's father. Oh no, it's um, Steve's, Steve's mother wants mother. to be wants to meet David's father. Oh, so it's not this because I was like, I felt like I was in a Terrence Malick movie, and I had time jumped when they say <laughs> we're step siblings. I'm like, what? What <laughs> well, just happened? It, it is. I mean, it's it's further on. They do uh, St- um, David's dad and Kelly's mom get together, and oh, I thought I totally. I was like, did they Spoiler say something about step siblings? Oh, yes. and then I mi- I just. I just kept watching. Because like, Kelly, I'm your brother. He's like stepbrother. He's like, yeah, I know. And it's like, that's Ew. what makes it legal. <laughs> oh, well, that's I mean, that's a good question you raise, Eric. Steve, can you <laughs> can you weigh in on this? Is there any funny business there? There is no. Well, there's like he wants to fuck her for a really long time, and then the joke is, oops, now they're step siblings, and then eventually it becomes very platonic, but. At the first, it's like "hello, stepsister" kind of a thing, and like, well, because I think in the pilot of yes. this, he's got his arm around what's her face, Donna. Yeah, are they an item or no? They become an item. Yes, I see. Gotcha, gotcha. Senator. They become an item. Any, any <laughs> other? Uh, I can answer in the affirmative. Uh, they become an item. Day four you. of the Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero trial, Mister Shadak. Uh, in season four. <laughs> Does Donna and David get together? And also, why does she remain a virgin for quite so long? Oh, is that a Donna plot? Absolutely, line? dude. I'll fucking I'll go through the whole goddamn thing right now. Wow. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk off the air. <laughs> we'll take this up. So, um, <laughs> Jake does take Kelly shopping because he can't. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna make you dinner because I'm so fucking poor. And she's like, Okay, cool. <laughs> and he's like, You probably wouldn't like me taking you to Taco Heaven anyway. And she's dude, like, what? I mean, first of all, take me right to Taco Heaven. That's where I want to go when I die, dude. You know, it's better to rule in Taco Hell than serve in Taco Heaven. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what they say. Here. Uh, and so he's they're, they're like they're at the thing. They're, they're at the counter now, uh, Kelly. And like it's it is kind of just sick because she's like, I got these cookie dough. It's my favorite. And like it's a, she's a kid, dude. You you yeah. gotta stop this. Yeah, but then she goes on to be. It's even it's kind of way worse is she's well because when you set up like the kitty shit where she's like oh ice cream yeah but then she's like parmesan reggiano oh supposed to be a great aphrodisiac and uh, i was like what yeah, for what my asshole <laughs> <laughs> like fucking powdered cheese okay i remember uh, a parmesan story why it's not an aphrodisiac was my mother had this we grew up in an italian family we had this huge thing of parmesan like fresh grated parmesan from the deli and I wanted to sneak some, and I got. I was wearing a sweatsuit at the time. I got honest to goodness, heavy, <laughs> heavy sweatsuit at the time. And I got it all over me, like Parmesan everywhere. <laughs> like, everywhere. Is it snowing? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh, fuck. So I like put it, threw it in the laundry, which happened to be in like the, in the, like right next to the living room. That's where the laundry basket was. 
And all day I was like, something smells like shit. What is that? What is going on? It smells rotten. And basically, like, I ruined all of the clothes in the laundry basket with this par- thick Parmesan smell. Oh, God. <laughs> damn it. You should have used the incinerator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Parmesan got stuck on a fence. <laughs> That always happens in Parmesan. So um, they get they get to the the counter, and he's you know he's like Kelly, I'm gonna pay for you, babe, because you know this is what I could afford. And they're like, it's forty three fifty. And Jake pulls out two twenties, like oh fuck. And then Kelly's like, it's okay, I'll forgo the one thing I wanted. Yeah, totally. <laughs> also, it's kind of hilarious because like this is the. Uh, it's like the the Los Angeles in the 90s version of a dude takes out his wallet and a moth flies out. <laughs> yeah. It's like a dude takes out his wallet and there's literally only two 20s in it and the whole grocery store goes, what, what? <laughs> the air like gets sucked out of the fucking place. It's such a fucking douche chill. And she has to be like, Oh, you know what? Too many calories anyway, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, let's take let's take that out. Let's take the lunchables out. Let's take the fruit roll ups out. <laughs> I guess I won't need a juice box on the way home after all. All right, this um, Disney princess coloring book that's gonna go. Daddy, can I keep the Dunkaroos, Daddy? <laughs> exactly. It is so really uncomfortable. We'll make our own Dunkaroos, you and me together. Jesus, that's Christ. right. This is this is the sixteen year old girl that I'm having sex with. Grocery store. <laughs> Hello, grocery store. It's me. Now we can keep the Hawaiian punch, honey. <laughs> so they wind up. They go back to his place. He, they're like, he's trying to make. And this is some fucking white. Speaking about growing up in Italian family, this is some white bullshit lasagna he's got going on here. Red onions and cucumbers. Get the fuck out of here. That's I don't know what's going on there, but I'll tell you what's kind of funny is Grant Show uh, was clearly actually cutting those onions because like kelly is so horny that she's all over him while he's trying to cook these onions and they have this like close-up of the two actors of grant show and jenny garth and like you can see grant shows like actually crying from the onions because i was (laughs) like yeah because i was like well jake doesn't give a shit about this person and wouldn't be crying over the situation but like there's just this like single gentle tear rolling down his face so, you know, she's like trying to put the moves on him. He's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets a call and he makes some sort of like really cryptic remark. And he's like, oh, no, no big deal. They start making out. Then all of a sudden this woman shows up and she's like, Jake, we had a date tonight. What's going on? Who is this? And blah, blah, blah. I and don't like- know, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing also, by the way, is this is Margot is the bartender at Shooters. Oh, is she? Okay, I missed We've that. seen her earlier in the episode already. Got it. Um, but with, like initially, the, with the Billy and Allison, th- or maybe with the Rhonda storyline. I initially was like, oh my God, is this, he's trying to get a three-way going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Who knows? But he, you know, she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe this. And uh, he goes outside, like there's a big blow up and they go outside. It's my favorite part of any episode thus far is she's like, did I do a good job, Jake? Did I, did I do a good job? Yeah, it's good acting. Thanks a lot, Margo. Here's a bottle of wine as we prearranged to, to discuss this fucking wino doing acting for fucking booze. Totally, dude. We'll dance for booze. Anything you want, Jake. You want me to play a school principal next week? I just need the red stuff. Did I miss that? I thought she brought it for their date or something. Oh, did she? Oh, I thought yeah, I thought it was payment. Okay, all right. He does. He does at least give it back to her, though. Right. And then I'm he gonna... goes back inside and and like and you know because now Kelly's like what the fuck man and and she and he just goes I feel nothing for you or anybody <laughs> and though I could hide my cold gaze and when you shake my hand you'd feel flesh gripping yours but I'm <laughs> simply not there. It is so fucking dude. Just break up with this sixteen year old girl. It's so easy to do. You just say hey. It's not legal. I'm too old for you. I'm not that. Even be like, you want to be rude about it. Like, I'm not that into you, you know, like I thought thought I was, but I'm not, blah, blah, blah. It's better off for everybody if we don't see each other. Then do this fucking like save by the bell prank that you're pulling on her. There's, there's you, not even fucking cell phones yet. You could ghost someone so easy. Exactly. Well, not when she keeps fucking showing up at your apartment. Well, you just tell Mel Rose to keep burning the garbage. <laughs> 
and that's kind of i mean then uh jake goes back to shooters and it's like i guess i am an empty vessel you and me sandy we're gonna kill everybody and she's like that's <laughs> right baby they start like shooting pool and it's the first time he actually says it he's like she was too young and i'm like dude if you came to that fucking realization <laughs> three episodes ago <laughs> Uh, you could have saved us a lot of time, and the Jake character could be developed a little more. I also love this this fucking uh, shell game you're pulling on the poor teenage girls you're trying to get to watch this show, which is like, hey, all your Beverly Hills 90210 fans are gonna be friends are gonna be here. Yeah, they're gonna be in for about six and a half minutes, and maybe some Kelly stuff, but that's about it. Well, they're kind of hoping that you're like hooked by all the other intrigue. Oh, sure. You know? Will Jane fuck Michael? I don't know. Well, if <laughs> Kelly's into Jake, then I should be into Jake. <laughs> Well, if they're gonna be into me, of course. I'm so charming. <laughs> That's right, everybody. You you gotta stay at the party. You never know what job I'm gonna have next week. <laughs> I do love though, like so the end of it, the end of the episode is it ends on the Jake storyline because it's after Sandy gives the ring back to Jane and like, you know, Jane and Michael close the door and go to bed. And like Jake is sitting on the steps and it's like, a, you know, oh, I guess we're, you know, human beings after all, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Good night, Sandy. Good night, child. <laughs> and like she goes upstairs and he lives downstairs and they have like, a, you know, they look at each other and the saxophone yeah. is running wild like fucking fire in a dry field. The saxophone <laughs> spreading. It's the early 90s, baby. We had to do it. And it old, was incredible. An old fat Darren Star is looking up from the other, peeking out through his window blinders, seeing like, oh, these characters can go. <laughs> oh, these, yeah, they're, they're not uh, sexy enough for me. They're not, yeah, yeah, they gotta go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Billy is in the middle, uh, not Billy, Matt is in the middle of Eyes Wide Shut at this other party that we never get to see. <laughs> Matt, it's like you cut to Matt and his bad sneakers, and it's just like, bong, 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 bong. <laughs> Listen, Matt, it. it's me, Cindy Pollock. <laughs> oh, that girl didn't die for nothing. And that that yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'll ask now that we're we're finally doing nine hundred two and zero characters in this, and this is the way we're ending the show for now. Anyway, uh, how excited is everybody for episode four coming up? I'll start with you, Eric Siska. Episode four of Melrose Place. Yes, Melrose. You know what's funny? It's like I've been enjoying nine hundred two and zero and Melrose Place pretty thoroughly on these rewatches, uh, first watches for me. Um, I'm excited for the next one, but like I'm now I'm like hankering to get back to nine hundred two and zero. Every single episode that we trade off on, I'm like, what, what are they talking about in that high school? Right <laughs> uh, Andrew. Uh, oh yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm excited to continue on both, especially Melrose though, dude. For next week. Strap in, everybody. Special guest star Zach Galligan as Ooh. Allison's pseudo coworker, I believe, Rick Danworth. Step mm. coworker. That means it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christopher Cabin. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I, I I like my sexy kids and my sexy adults separated. I don't want them to mix together. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to being just sexy adults from now on with this. Hopefully, <laughs> I say hopefully. Fucking fingers crossed on that one. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're all, I mean, now Dylan's on on the 90210 feed. You've got your friends. Uh, 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 now the, the 90210 friends are fully gone here. Both are in full swing, uh, and this virus seems to never be letting up. So we will join you next Monday here on uh, Melro 210. Uh, I have been Steven Sadak. Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gabb. Remain indoors. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>